Hey folks, welcome to the Aspire Natural Health Podcast. My name is Dr. Tim Gersmar. At Aspire Natural Health, we are experts at treating digestive issues, autoimmune disease, and other hard to treat cases. Our goal with this podcast is to bring you interesting and informative discussions and topics, whether that's with us or other experts and interesting people. Listen, we want to reach as many people as possible and help as many lives as we can. This podcast is and always will remain free of charge. So we'll bring you the expertise, but we do need your help. There are two simple things that you can do to help us in our efforts to reach as many people as possible. Whether this is your first podcast or one of many, if you found these podcasts helpful, please do two things. The first is share it with any friends or people you know who might find it valuable. Again, it's free. Please drop them a line and let them know about the podcast. The second thing, which is really important, is to please head on over to iTunes and give us preferably a five-star review. Whatever you think we're worth, we're striving here to produce a five-star podcast. And it would really help if you would take a minute to drop us a five-star review. That way, iTunes ranks us highly. Other people can see and hear about us, and we can succeed in spreading the message of how to be informed about your health and how to get some help. So please share this podcast with a friend, head on over to iTunes, and leave us a five-star review. All right? Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hey folks, it's Dr. Gersmar from Aspire Natural Health here. I am very excited. Uh, today we're going to be talking more about cannabis and its medical uses. So you guys may may have heard me talk before about my conversion with cannabis. So I was the typical uh, dare kid, right? The uh, Nancy Reagan uh, um, war on drugs that if you took any drugs, um, your brain would melt like a scrambled egg in a, in a frying pan. Um, and that was pretty much what I thought about all drugs. And it, it, at best, cannabis or marijuana um, would leave you being a giant slacker eating food, you know, in the middle of the night and laying on the couch and not doing anything. And since I was one of those good kids um, who went to school and got, you know, straight A's and did everything, I stayed away from all of that kind of stuff. I actually didn't even drink alcohol uh, till I was 25, uh, just because I was busy with other things and it, it really had no attraction for me. So I came from that background, and in Washington State, where we are, uh, we legalized medical cannabis a number of years ago. And I remember, you know, recognizing that it could be useful for like nausea and vomiting of cancer, um, and, and you know, in wasting with HIV but otherwise being really irritated by the passage of that law because it meant uh, you know, a bunch of people came to naturopaths like myself complaining of, you can't see my air quotes here, back pain or glaucoma or something, trying to get a medical card um, because they wanted to smoke recreationally. And I remember being really irritated. I, I'm happy to say that over the years, my eyes were really open to the fact that, yes, uh, cannabis or marijuana can be a drug uh, used just to get high or just for recreation. And again, um, you know, anybody out there drinking alcohol before we get on our high horses about cannabis and pretend that it's something different, you know, the best available data out there says that if you put cannabis and alcohol next to one another, used, again, recreationally, solely to change your state and be in a pleasurable and happy place, hopefully, um, that you are much better off using cannabis than alcohol. And if we flipped it and completely legalized cannabis and made it available all over the place like alcohol is, and we actually made alcohol illegal, we'd probably save a lot of people's lives and a lot of misery. So, um, you know, personally, I've come to a place where I am really happy that we have recreational marijuana here in Washington. And uh, just uh, what was that? Gosh, a week or so ago, uh, we now have recreational marijuana in California as well. And I'm all for, you know, if people want to use it, they should. But I'm really excited today because we get to talk about more about medical cannabis. Now, one of the negatives that I have heard here in Washington is when there was the switch from 
medical cannabis only to recreational cannabis, that we saw a lot of the medical dispensaries begin to close down because the vast majority of people at that point who began to flood in to the dispensaries to buy cannabis were after recreational cannabis. And we're going to talk in a little more depth today about the needs of recreation, what what people want in recreational cannabis can be very, very different from what people want or need for medical cannabis. So for my part in trying to educate myself, I've contacted a number of medical dispensaries over the last six to 12 months trying to speak with someone really knowledgeable so I could more deeply understand how do you choose different strains or different compounds or how can I more accurately you know, educate and, and inform my patients about what they should be using if we believe that cannabis is a better choice. And, and again, before I step off my high horse here, we have a prescription epidemic for opioids. It's been, you know, estimated that 58,000 people die every year from overdoses of the opioids, uh, which prescription-wise, we're mostly looking at oxycontin, oxycodone, Vicodin, and oh, one other one. I can't remember off the top of my head. You know, these are, it, it, there's some, uh, um, you know, knowledge being put here, but they're com- still pretty commonly used for pain. And this isn't to say that they don't have a place for pain and that they shouldn't be used for people. But we need to have caution because many of these 58,000 people who've gone down this road from addiction to overdose began by being legally prescribed some of these opioids, found themselves addicted, found that they could no longer you know, get those opioids from their doctors and so turned to heroin, which chemically is going to be very similar to oxy uh, but of course you know they're getting it from the streets and then everything else that falls out because of those addictions and we know that for many people that cannabis could be used to either reduce the amount of opiates that they need for good pain control or it may completely take away their need and in comparison Cannabis is has never been shown to be physically addictive. There is no withdrawal like there absolutely is with opioids if you suddenly stop using cannabis. And cannabis is there is no way to physically overdose and die because the part of the brain that opioids affect known as the brainstem, one of the areas that controls your heartbeat and your breathing, That's what happens in an overdose is you take too much of these opioids and that part of your brain is shut down to such an extent that you stop breathing and then die, of course. There are no receptors for cannabis or the cannabinoids in the brainstem. So while a quote-unquote overdose of cannabis can be an extremely unpleasant experience and people can feel like they're dying. Um, If you haven't heard the ridiculous uh, YouTube video where a police officer uh, confiscated cannabis from someone, took it home, made pot brownies out of it, and then ate way too many of them. And then there's a you know, a, a sad but really hysterical call where he calls uh, 911 and tells the dispatcher that he's overdosed on cannabis and that he's actually dead and his wife is dead and they have a big freak out um, on the phone. And it's pretty funny, although a very unpleasant experience for him. In, you know, in terms of real risk, there is no actual risk uh, that you can die from cannabis. So one of the only reported uh, fatalities is someone who freaked out and jumped out a window and they didn't die because of the cannabis. They jumped, they died because they jumped out of a window, right? So whew, that's my high horse about all of this. I would much rather see in, the, in this, this prescription opioid epidemic that's killing way too many people every year, that at least in part, we prevent that through the through the appropriate application of medical cannabis. And again, is cannabis appropriate for every single person, for every single condition? Because you'll see it flipped to the other side where people are saying cannabis can cure anything and everything. And the answer is, of course not. Nothing can cure anything and everything. But does it look like it's a really darn useful medicine that can help a lot of people for a much lower cost 
and with a much better safety profile. Absolutely it is. All right, so enough of me rambling. I want to introduce my guest who sat very kindly uh, while I went off there. Uh, her, her, so like I said, I had been looking for someone with some expertise here who could speak in depth about some of these, not just, just from a scientific perspective, but from you know a clinical perspective, like having used the medicine or having seen other people use the medicine and what was helpful and how could we guide and help people. And as the universe does, uh, we were introduced through through friends, and so I'm happy to introduce Nicole here. She's going to talk to us, so I'm going to let her start by telling a little bit more about her and her story. So, hi, Nicole, and thank you for coming on. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I, uh, well, thank you again. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really do appreciate being here to be able to speak on behalf because, uh, first off, I uh, am 34 years old. Mm -hmm. I have been a medical patient since 2010, mm -hmm. legally, mm -hmm. I should say. Mm -hmm. um, I uh, actually, like you, straight A student. Uh, I was. I, I want to real quick just give my diagnosis if I can. Sure, absolutely. Um, I actually was born with a very rare type of dwarfism mm -hmm. uh, that has n basically a numerous. Uh, diagnosis so I not only is it just besides my dwarfism but I had so many other skeletal issues okay. as well uh -huh. so I have what's called metatrophic dwarfism mm. and so what it is is we have uh, metatrophic dysplasia and metatrophic dysplasia is very rare in the United States okay. as well as it is in the world mm -hmm. actually and it's it's a very high mortality rate mm. And when I, I wasn't actually diagnosed when I was born in 82, I wasn't actually diagnosed until 85. Mm. I was seen um, all around the country as well as up in Canada with a lot of specialists because we couldn't get an actual, you know, affirmed diagnosis mm -hmm. to find out what's going on here. Mm -hmm. um, and with... With everything, I had scoliosis and kyphosis. Okay. So, so the, I had the full S curve. So just for people to know, so scoliosis is when... So normally your spine is mostly supposed to be straight up and down. Scoliosis, like the S in scoliosis, means that you have side-to-side -side curves going on. And right? then and then the kyphosis... Mm -hmm. with the would, be, would be a bending... So bending forward or downwards of the spine as well, yep. right? Yeah. And then on top of that, I had... Uh, uh, okay, so... Uh, I'm like making sure I could say everything. Sure. Chondrodystrophy. Okay, so that would. It, it's yeah. like little to no cartilage, mm -hmm. which is interesting because metatrophic itself, metatrophic dwarfism, mm -hmm. actually has to do with the the calcium uh, in. It's like an overgrowth of calcium mm. in the the bone joints. However, okay. I also was tested for like with my calcium deficiency, so it. it it's funny because I have like osteoporosis and other issues hmm. um, in my actual problem. So as I got older mm -hmm. um, with the chondrodystrophy, everything like what cartilage I had in my joints, mm -hmm. everything was just bone on bone. Okay. So it was literally just deteriorating. So all the walking I was doing, the pressure as a child, mm -hmm. um, I was just grinding down mm -hmm. all my joints, my hips. The dysplasia in my hips mm -hmm. were worsening, so yeah. they were flattened instead of being your nice ball, you know, the yeah. which everyone knows the the ball yep. in the hip socket. Yep. No, it was flattened, and it was it was. Uh, this is as my my doctor at the time when I was fourteen was explaining. Mm -hmm. They were literally corroding, and and they were jagging. He's. It was just funny the way he was drawing it. Yeah. Because even my ankles, my ankles were so bad mm. at the time mm -hmm. that, um, because again, no cartilage. Yeah. So there, what happened here, th this was not explained. Okay. This was just now explained to me about a year ago as I saw another specialist, because I have about 15 specialists, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, besides my orthopedic surgeon who has actually saved my life. So mm -hmm. I'm very fortunate for. Mm-hmm. Um, but with all the little problems that I have. Oh, and then my newly doc, uh, diagnosed, which, which is epilepsy or mm. partial epilepsy, mm. um, is that uh, 
with having the chondrodystrophy, so the the little to no cartilage, um, what ended up happening with my dysplasia is as I was I've been walking and standing and so forth, mm-hmm. um, with all that pressure and deterioration, my talus bone because. Am I saying that correctly? Talus? Talus. 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 Thank you. You have your talus bone. That's the that dome that basically separates from your, your tibula and fibula from your large calcaneus, mm-hmm. which is your heel bone. So, yeah, calcaneus is the heel bone. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Uh-huh, no problem. So what happened here, especially over the last 20, 30 years, as I'm walking, mm-hmm. um, and actually even before that, what's happening here is we were, my my tail tailless tail yeah it's okay. i know i always yeah. hate saying it because i know it's potato potato yeah um anyways bottom line it was getting grind grinded down mm. literally and mm. so um what ended up happening literally is that dome especially for ankle replacements that dome that they would usually shave off and place a plastic dome to to do an actual artificial right. Uh, replacement right that was completely deteriorated my my mm. talus is actually completely disintegrated and gone so what's happening is my tibula and my fibula Mm -hmm. are literally grinding and hitting my my thank you yes my heel that's okay no problem and so it's uh it's always been bone on bone and so and that's kind of the same situations with my hips and and so both my hips are replaced Mm. both my knees are replaced Mm. Um, I was in a wheelchair for 15 years of my life hmm. in a power chair, yeah. which they thought, oh, you know, you'll be in a wheelchair for the rest of your life. But yeah. because of all of these surgeries, and I've had 20 surgeries, five procedures, because um, mm. I have a venous malformation. That's another right. part of the. And right. see, that's the right. thing. People don't realize with different types of dwarfism, because mine, mine is not a typical or atypical. It right. is right. a rare. Right comes with a lot of deform skeletal deformed little problems yeah mm-hmm. and so um at a young age believe it or not my mom being um a, a hippie uh <laughs> and an alternative path medicine we sure, sure. we used we used one of the things that we used mm-hmm. and i am a huge believer mm-hmm. is comfrey mm-hmm. and i'll tell you right now to this day mm. it is phenomenal how well comfrey Mm -hmm. when you boil the root Mm -hmm. itself Mm -hmm. and you apply very hot to whatever areas of your bones you know and and heal but we do that for you know for um inflammation and so forth so were you doing it like externally so you'd get a yes a a cloth and i'll put it externally soak the feet soak Uh the ankles whatever we could do yeah when i was very young Uh uh-huh as i was getting older Mm mm-hmm at 15, mm-hmm. it got into the point that my parents actually sat down and realized, you know, I was a straight A student. Mm-hmm. I didn't party. I was in a wheelchair anyways. Sure, um, sure. It was to the point that I was missing, no kidding, uh, I had missed 68 days in one semester. Wow. Yeah. But yet I was still class speaker, you know, a student of the month <laughs> in three different trigonometry, marine biology. Uh, six, I mean, literally, I was kicking butt. Like, yeah. it didn't matter. I still was there. I loved, you know, I, I was kind of one of those, you know, I was in math club. club yeah. It's that kind of, you know, non-stereotype you would think sure. of stoner. Sure, sure, yeah. But she introduced, why don't I, let's see how this, as an alternative, because... Right. As I was talking to you right. before recording, right. my doctors had put me on Vioxx at the time right. in my young teenage years. Right. At, um, actually, I think it was when I was 13 mm. that I was on Vioxx. Mm. This is, again, before... Yeah, if people don't remember, Vioxx was a, a strong prescription anti-inflammatory. And That's it, for arthritis. Right, 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 for arthritis. That was its it why it came out. Um, but then it caused uh, some heart attacks and things. So... <laughs> Uh, it actually got pulled off the market for sure. Um, Pfizer is the one I think is mm-hmm. the the manufacturer, and then mm-hmm. they created Celebrex, right. which again I was on that then, mm-hmm. and then that got pulled off the market, and mm-hmm. now it, it means back on. I mean they they fixed it, which is right. great right. through mm-hmm. a lot of trial and error. Mm-hmm. But the at the time, I was I hated taking medications. I hated as I felt poisoning my body. Mm-hmm. And I was taking passion flower. I was mm-hmm. taking um, turmeric. Mm-hmm. I still take turmeric mm-hmm. to this day. Great. 
but different things for a leading. But the, the only thing is, is you have to take in such high quantities when you are in severe pain right. to get, because I was also being prescribed even to sleep. Mm-hmm. I was being prescribed Vicodin. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. when you're getting narcotics and it's yep. just to sleep, yep. I mean, there's something kind of wrong there. Yep. Yep. And did you see there was uh, just recently I saw there was a um, just to tell you how, how how interesting and how how many people are on opiates now. Vicodin is one of them. Yeah. Um, there is a new prescription drug solely for severe constipation caused by taking opiate drugs, which mm. is just it's interesting if if the pharmaceutical companies see that there's enough of an audience and enough money that they can create not only a drug but then commercials to air mm-hmm. on primetime television uh, for that drug it tells you how, how significant of a problem that is oh it's a complete circle yeah it's a complete circle I want to say I would want to just say for anybody out there I'm, I'm so excited the the herbalist in me comfrey is such a fantastic. Uh, herb it's a it's the root of of a plant and um yes. it's it's traditional name or its folk name is known as knit bone knit bone yes. um and it it traditionally is used for whenever someone would break a bone um it's called the vulnerary which is the the old time uh herbally word for a wound healer and so um you can use it is a it has a compound in it called allantoin which is incredible um at promoting growth and healing and so um i know one of the things we were always told if you had a big like cut on your skin or a wound um and you put comfrey on the outside you could actually cause the outside to heal up before the inside heals up so you had to be a little bit careful about overusing it uh but a fantastic uh, uh, and beautiful herb just speaking of herbs and medicine and everything i just uh, well, i'm so excited no it's just out. funny that you said that because yeah. actually we use comfrey when i fell uh-huh. and broke my femur oh yeah, i broke yeah. my femur clean uh-huh. cl- clean in half so femur just for everybody out there that's your big major leg bone, your hip connected to your knee that big giant bone uh that's that's your femur and that's clean a hard, in half. hard one to break normally <laughs> and that's the one we talk about in seniors normally when they break their femur the chances of of dying essentially go up really dramatically for people because um, some people never especially again seniors if you're 70 80 90 years old and you break your femur there's a chance that it it never again in the in the alternative or integrative world we have other pieces like comfrey and i'm dying to hear your story in a second Mm -hmm. but for many you know for some people it never heals again and so they're crippled and they they can never walk again kind of thing so so what happened so you broke your you fell and you broke your femur completely in half yeah and and that whole you know oh i fall and i can't get up that actually Uh i did say that um which is sad because i had to crawl to get the phone and pull it down on me Mm because this is the time where we didn't have cell phones we had the yeah this was back when i was 14 and Mm -hmm. yanked the phone down because i was going mm-hmm. to get the phone and yeah. i tripped on our carpet and i fell mm-hmm. all the way down on my left and just it went right out and it, it, i was so lucky that it did not actually pierce my skin yeah. because it almost did Oof. and we thought at the time that mm-hmm. it was a large contusion okay yeah and because i'm so stubborn and i hated the hospital because mm-hmm. i've already had three major surgeries at this time mm-hmm. including my back fusion mm-hmm. um that i had i was I was so dead set that I did not at all break anything. Mm-hmm. I even stood up and put pressure and tried to walk on my leg mm-hmm. to prove it. Mm-hmm. Of course, that it, it didn't exactly happen. So we ended up wrapping in. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you right now, that comfrey did help with the swelling. Mm-hmm. I mean, my leg swelled so bad. and mm-hmm. But the, the beautiful thing about the comfrey is it did allow major... I mean, the fact that I waited... Mm-hmm. Six days mm-hmm. before I got in to see my orthopedic surgeon mm-hmm. to find out it's broken, in which my my mother, my poor mom, oh, God, I feel horrible. Oh. The, the things I put her through in this life, okay? <laughs> I, I wonder why she has any gray hair. And, right, right. But, um, yeah, when my my doctor walked in <laughs> and slaps the, you know, he, he looks at my mom, he's like, when did this happen? And, yeah. and she's yeah. like, 
Tuesday and it, or yeah. Wednesday and it was Tuesday. Right, right. And yeah. he's like, yep, she broke it. She broke it real good. Uh, Clean up. And my, yeah. I mean, my mom just, you could see the white, you yeah. know? And, yeah. But again, even my doctor, he knew, he knew that that's me. Mm-hmm. He knew that mm-hmm. there's no way I would have let them. So it, yeah. he's not going to blame anybody but me, you sure. know? And sure. so, but he was asking, what did you guys do? Because the swelling should have been worse. Yeah. The uh, the fact that I got through, you know, six days mm-hmm. with the pain. I mean, sure. I, I'm lucky I just have the high pain tolerance, too. Well, sure, you've developed, of course, <laughs> to just be alive, clearly you've developed a high pain tolerance. I really yeah. do. I'm kind yeah. of uh, not necessarily masochistic, but, you know, I'm just kind of crazy in that sense. But, sure. but, yeah, no, that really helped. And this was actually, this was the year, this, this really was before... I, I actually started with the medical marijuana or the mm-hmm. medical cannabis, mm-hmm. which is funny because this, I think, would have been actually the ample time too. But because of my my age and at the time, that yeah. wasn't even something we were thinking about. Sure. Um, but um, I was in a wheelchair at, or I had a um, just a portable wheelchair at the time. Okay. So I had to utilize that as much as possible too. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we utilized that. We also utilized white willow bark. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, a lot of, a lot of again, uh, just naturopathic ways mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, besides taking anti-inflammatories. Right. Um, and so in my family, um, again, I, I, you touched on just in the introduction alone on with the opioid addiction pro, uh, epidemic because I had that in my family mm-hmm. that we're dealing mm-hmm. firsthand. Mm-hmm. I also have friends firsthand that are transitioning from out of rehab mm-hmm. from that epidemic to mm-hmm. being on Suboxone to utilizing medical mm-hmm. cannabis at mm-hmm. this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, which we can talk later on. Uh, I'm trying to transition out to mm-hmm. at least help because yeah. right now the alternative that that our state's using is, like I said, Suboxone. Suboxone. Yeah, yeah. But it's not completely helping them. And well, and Suboxone or methadone, right? Me- Basically, yes, people methadone. Have heard, people have heard of methadone, and Suboxone is another kind of alternative to me- to methadone. It, it's basically. I mean, without going too much into it here, it's it's essentially you're still taking the drug. It's just hoping to manage the risk and, and not have people overdose and not have people injecting heroin on the streets. And and from a risk mitigation point of view, I, I can see some value in that. But of course, you know, here as, as a naturopathic doctor, of course, we're always trying to get to the root whenever we can mm-hmm. get to the root cause of what's going on and not just treat symptoms. And so... Yes, is there a place for methadone and Suboxone? Yes, there is, absolutely. And I'm not here to say there's not. But are we truly doing justice by people who are struggling with addiction by basically just throwing them on Suboxone or methadone and abandoning them at that point? Absolutely, in in no way, shape, or form. And, you know, again, if, if if cannabis used appropriately can help reduce uh can can a help them stabilize can reduce their dependence on suboxone or methadone and for some people at least could replace the need to use suboxone or methadone without the risks without so much of the other issues i think it's criminal that we're not you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about i mean i think it's criminal what we've done with cannabis um and the fact now that you know we're having to claw back the right to use it both as a medicine and again like we we said in the beginning recreationally if adults so choose to do so um i'm sorry i mean i i get passionate about this no that's good you know it's good but um but absolutely so you're seeing it you know you're involved then with cannabis um from many different angles, it sounds like, and and, and trying, it's it's know. harder. And I'm I'm kind of been where I'm the middleman, having to help mm-hmm. a lot of people right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, um, deal with not only family members, uh, friends, and then their family members who mm-hmm. are people that are trying to save their loved ones with mm-hmm. uh, the addiction, yeah. but trying to to deal with it on the medical marijuana um, front because. Mm-hmm. Ever since we did go over to just the legalizing the recreation, it mm-hmm. really has completely eliminated most of, and, and, and that's when you touched base earlier yeah. about how we're eliminating our medical, 
one of the worst things we could have ever done mm -hmm. in the state. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you how many literally fellow patients it's mm -hmm. infuriated in and also too the stores that shut down yeah. and um and again uh the the store uh, our a very close friend of mine who owns mm -hmm. and has been running mm -hmm. and that's gone now uh, it's who i used to to specifically help move like these I simple little items that mm -hmm. should not ever be taken away from the public sure ever right especially when these should not be illegal right these are not you know recreational items whatsoever these right. are not even um uh what you want to say um these are not um i'm just drawing a blank for a moment yes. uh no problem uh psychoactive right you know at all right uh, and so that's what's frustrating when you have you know, uh, recreational versus, you know, just for fun. Right. You have kids that want, that, that destroy it. In other words, kind of for us all. Right. You know, yep. you always get, it's just like with alcohol. You got an alcoholic that destroys it all for those who just want to have a glass of wine and be silly and fun right. or just, or just want to enjoy a glass of wine for, right. with a meal. I mean, right. something so simple and harmless. Right. And then you have someone who wants to go drink a keg. Right. Right. Well, you know, it's interesting because cannabis certainly has been with us um, for, you know, thousands upon Ever? thousands of years. And, yes. and I was actually uh, listening to something where, where uh, there was a presentation on um, cannabis in uh, in religious traditions. And they mm -hmm. talk about that. M it seems many, many of the religious traditions and um, for everything from... Um, you know the uh, the Indians, the Hindus, uh, to the Buddhists, uh, to you know controversially uh, the Jews, and and many of the other uh, religious traditions have used cannabis in the past as a spiritual sacrament. Then of course we have the medicinal use of it, and then of course we have what I would call the drug use or the recreational use of it, um, and we've sort of wiped out the whole spiritual and medicinal side of this substance and reduced it solely to a drug, which does a tremendous disservice um, and takes away all of the potential benefits that, that people can get from it. Now, we again, we don't want to argue that, that there is, you know, is can be used as a drug. It can be used recreationally. And again, um, you know, morality aside for a second, if you just look at it, you know, again, compared to alcohol, compared to cigarettes, because the U.S., uh, you know, the federal government tried to make a, a big case and you'll still hear people talking about that smoked cannabis um, is just as bad for you as cigarettes. And the data just doesn't in any way, shape or view uh, uh, doesn't doesn't bear fruit. Like if you had to choose between smoking cigarettes, cigars or, or tobacco, essentially, versus smoking cannabis, hands down. Um, I, I don't advocate smoking in general, but you, hands down, you would smoke cannabis. If you had to choose between consuming cannabis and between consuming alcohol, and you were just looking at them from a, a cost-benefit ratio, you absolutely would be looking at, uh, at consuming cannabis. Well, I don't want to. I know I've already beaten that drum, so I don't want to keep going off. And I know we want to start talking about some of the medical pieces. Now, you have a couple of great great pictures here and we're going to take these and be sure that they're digitized and put up um, with the show notes here but talking about some and, and we have to point out right that because of the federal prohibition on cannabis that for years for decades now most of the research that's been allowed to have been done at least in the united states has only been done essentially to try and prove how dangerous and harmful cannabis is with and until recently relatively little going into researching the medical uh, uses here but we can see uh, from this really nice looking wheel that's been put together that we can look at the med medicinal benefits in pain and sleep in digestive issues mood and behavioral issues neurologic uh, brain nervous system issues and then some other issues ranging from asthma fatigue high blood pressure Glaucoma, that's too much pressure in the eyeballs. Um, HIV and AIDS, muscular dystrophy and cancer, of course. So this is a, an, a, you know, we talk about our awesome herbs like comfrey, 
of course, uh, you mentioned passion flower and, and, you know, many, many, many others, but cannabis is an incredibly versatile medicinal mm -hmm. substance. So, um, how did you, so we went from talking about, uh, you know, you had broken your femur and you, you were using some herbs. How did you come to a place where you, you started using cannabis? Well, my mom actually introduced me sure. to smoking. Sure. Yeah. And this is again, when I was in my wheelchair okay. and, and mm -hmm. we did, and I, I, um, realized that it was quite useful mm -hmm. especially since it was just me and it was at home mm -hmm. um for being able to go to sleep nice and yeah. besides being giddy and silly right and and i was a bookworm so mm -hmm. it was it didn't it, it never actually had an impact on me for studying or for making me miss class in fact i was one of those people that i hated to miss school and the reason i hated missing school because i didn't want homework mm. And so I would argue in the morning, mm -hmm. you know, I was in so much pain waking up mm -hmm. every morning mm -hmm. because of my OA. Mm -hmm. And, and of course, you know, my mom would be like, oh, if you're hurting, just stay home, just mm -hmm. stay home or just, you know, and yeah. I'd be like, no, no, just help. No, mm -hmm. I don't want, you know, cause I, I'd be talking her out of, you know, cause she knew I was struggling, yeah. but it was just like, nope, I, I need to go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's funny because as I was taking, and even even as I would go to school, I mean, I would actually go to class high a couple mm -hmm, times, mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. I'd go home because I was having such severe flare-ups. Mm -hmm. And if I would take the Meloxicam or the Celebrex at the mm -hmm. time, mm -hmm. nothing was helping because it, it takes a day or two to really get into your bloodstream mm -hmm. and to work. Mm -hmm. You have, if you're taking an Indica, because mm -hmm. there's two different strains, you know, you have a sativa and an indica or a hybrid, you know, depending if it's a sativa heavy or dominant or if it's a indica dominant. Sativa is more of the, the, is your brain, you know, it's more of the high, it's the, the head heavy, you know, ha ha ha, you know, mm -hmm. kind of more of, a lot of people with sativas though are, are very like alert, awake, mm -hmm. you know, energized. Mm -hmm. I've never been energized. Mm. And that always cracked me up. Um, if anything, it's always been munchies. So for me, mm. but that's just me. Sure. I, I know so many people who never get the munchies and I just don't get it. Mm -hmm. It drives me nuts. <laughs> it drives me nuts. Uh -huh. Now, uh -huh. this is where I can go into uh, regarding the different strains with uh, regarding a, a high CBD strain. Sure. Now, do you remember how to say the cannabis? Yeah, cannabinidiol. Thank you. You're welcome. So, yeah, word. let me just just preface just a couple things in case I, I know a lot of people know this information, but in general, yep. so there's the the marijuana plant, the cannabis plant, the two THC. main different strains. So yep. one is called cannabis sativa, one is cannabis indica, and then mm -hmm. like Nicole said here, there's hybrids between the two as well, and so they're going to have different properties. And then when it comes to cannabis, while there are many, many different chemicals inside these plants, there are two main compounds that that really have been focused on. Okay. And they're the one we're going to talk here in some depth about that people have been hearing about, like with it got popular because of kids with epilepsy, for example. That's where we started hearing about it, but known as CBD or cannabinidiol. And then THC, which mm -hmm. is tetrahydra... Oh, I'm going to mess me up. Tetrahydra... No, cannabinol. Cannabinol. Yeah. Okay. So THC and CBD. So let's go Correct. ahead and... and, and oh, and then in. we could throw out so many more. Sure. Because... And then I actually, there isn't one more that I do want to okay. throw out. Yeah, please. Because uh, this was introduced to me a couple of years back mm -hmm. by another naturopath, Great. Um, which is CBNs, which is actually just the cannabinol. Cannabinol. That's okay. it. Mm -hmm. CBN. CBN. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's also being very highly uh, researched. Okay. Um, because there's about 60 different compounds, as you were talking about, in mm -hmm. different strains mm -hmm. when we really talk in depth. Right. Um, about uh, just one strain of, of you know, of, of a leaf or the plant. And so this is an issue, of course, we, we as herbalists, 
we're mm-hmm. always kind of concerned about because of course and and for good and for bad science wants to take a complex mixture yeah. of of compounds that are in many plants so for example we talked about um, comfrey before and then one mm-hmm. of the major components of comfrey like i mentioned is something known as allantoin but of course there are you know dozens and hundreds of other compounds that are in comfrey and we we have to be careful because what we'll see in many whether it's a supplement form or goes on to become an actual prescription form, we'll see that they take that one component that they've isolated out and, and then really boost the strength of that component and oftentimes throw away you know, all these others. So while we're saying here CBD yeah. and THC and CBN are all really important compounds, uh, on some level, we also don't want to forget the other 57 or, or more yeah. compounds that are in the actual whole plant as well. The mainly sense, what's mm-hmm. really important, especially mm-hmm. in the medical field, mm-hmm. is the CBDs, yes. um, depending on if you, if you have a high CBD plant. Okay. okay? So what mm-hmm. ends up happening is, depending on the strain, you have all these different names of strains. Everyone kind of knows, oh, you know, the most... Famous ones like Girl Scout cookies and White Widow and Jack Her and uh-huh. I mean I there's um, so many you know Gorilla Glue Blue Dreams I, just all these different strains Mr Nice Guy but what is fascinating mm-hmm. and this is something that got introduced to me a little later on and I wish I would have known this when I was much younger mm-hmm. especially in college I mean even when it wasn't legal. Because this is definitively what is absolutely crucial to someone who is suffering with severe chronic pain mm-hmm. and who took their academics very serious. Because when I was in college, because mm-hmm. like I was stating earlier, I, like you, I was you know very hard into the books. I, I cared very much. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it didn't stop me from all my clubs. You know, I was still in my wheelchair. I still did everything. I didn't have a social life, mm-hmm. in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the the high CBD strains of the plants, mm-hmm. uh, one in particular that is just phenomenal is ACDC. Mm. So if we were to smoke a plant, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. Uh, a high CBD plant is not going to get you high. It's mm-hmm. not going to get you head high. It's mm-hmm. not going to have the, 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 the psychoactive components because it's so low in that THC function. Right. And what people completely negate a lot of times are people who don't know if they're not a medical patient or even are learning new in as being a medical patient mm-hmm. and they want something for pain. Mm-hmm. Um, or they want something for even for sleep. Mm-hmm. It's not going to make you tired per se, right. but it is sure going to help you to be able to relax so that you're not in pain. Right. Um, and you're going to feel in your body kind of this tingle, but mm-hmm. you're not going to feel your head tingle. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that feels really good. Mm-hmm. When you have epilepsy, mm-hmm. I don't need my head tingling. I really don't. I, sativas are not good. For people, and that now I know why. By the way, okay. I, I I found out later on mm-hmm. <laughs> why mm-hmm. I never liked sativas really, mm-hmm. and I never was like <laughs> go getting, right. you know, and energized, right? Because as a person with epilepsy and already a, a, with um a hyperactive my frontal hi- hyperactive lobe, mm-hmm. uh, the the sativa is kind of not counterintuitive it's just it's it's counterproductive mm-hmm. in that okay and it, it does the opposite of what it really needs to do mm-hmm. you need more of a like an indica is actually better with epilepsy but the cbd is mm-hmm. actually what is tackling and literally helping the neurological function mm. that is what is literally attacking the seizure is it's what's attacking I'm not sure how to exactly explain it sure. in simplest terms, sure. but it, it's it's phenomenal, you know, with, with getting these high CBD plants. Right. If you're going to end up smoking, for example, mm-hmm. um, where one, it, it does actually help with uh, not impairing, for one, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, being able to calm down so that you're not feeling like you're going to go into any type of an episode, which 
is phenomenal, especially when you're someone who's constantly used to having flare-ups. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, especially even uh, anxiety, mm -hmm. um, which is amazing not to feel that, or jittery. Yeah. Um, and then uh, it also helps, too, with kind of that clarity. Hmm. Uh, and then, again, my favorite part of the component, mm -hmm. you don't get the munchies. You're not hungry. <laughs> it completely... Sure counterbalances the THC. Right. So when you do a one-on-one, -on -one, mm -hmm. so if you have the same components, uh, say you have one milligram THC, one milligram CBD, yeah. they actually counterbalance each other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there's no head high, and yet it's kind of like it, it's 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 just mostly all body. It, it always ends up kind of taking over, if that right. makes sense sense no right and and that's what i've heard and that, that's kind of some of the issue with the recreational of course is that when you're when you're breeding plants or when you're selling these for the recreational for the intoxication for the head high for they're, the psychoactive component doing high you want high thc and low, low cbd yep. because again the the cbd counteracts or counterbalances a lot of the intoxication that the thc brings on and so you know, for a recreational dispensary, they're not going to sell much or any CBD because people don't want to, if you're, it would be like drinking alcohol and not feeling any of the effects from the alcohol, right? Correct. Uh, and it's this THC-9 right. specifically that that's, or the THCV, mm -hmm. that's what they generally will try to get. So it's that 25 milligram or higher, you mm -hmm. know, THC and then... Mm -hmm. 0.24 or 1.3, you know, milligram CBD. It's like right. literally non-existent. Right, right, right. Yeah, and and it's it's frustrating because it's like, okay, I don't have nausea. I mean, some right. some some medical patients really do. Uh, people who do have, um, and I have, a, I I know so many people who have cancer because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I I bake a lot of medibles for them. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and mm -hmm. and that I I work with uh, RSO in particular, Rickson oil. oil. Mm -hmm. I am a huge believer in that, and I've never been more stronger in that stuff. But and, and just just for people out there, Rick Simpson oil is a very very concentrated yes. THC. Yes. Correct. Correct. Okay. So research it. You guys ever had an opportunity? Look it up. Watch a YouTube video on how. I mean, it's it's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Coconut oil in particular, how they can extract and mm -hmm. utilize it together, because mm -hmm. coconut oil again has those fighting properties as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's it's just it's wonderful to be able to cook with it because it can handle a high heat as well. Yeah. Yeah. So you were saying uh, working with a lot of cancer patients. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. they, they will go into a recreational and and will purchase strain to help for nausea to just be able to eat. Yeah. Because a lot of times they won't eat, especially if you go to chemo. I mean, think about it. You're yeah. going in. You have a nurse that's coming in with a mask. She's holding a bottle, a vial that actually has a skull and crossbones. They're injecting you with poison. Mm -hmm. You're coming out after you're done with getting injected with poison. Mm -hmm. I mean... I can't think, and my grandpa had that, you know, and I, I never seen life being sucked out of someone. Yeah. And I thought that's no way to, to live. Yeah. But because of the stigmatism, I couldn't get him to, to do, you know, to right. utilize the, right. at the time, the, the, you know, RSO or, or anything. anything. I mean. Yeah. So we know that in this case, medicinally, the, the THC or specifically some of the like Delta 9 THC, which mm -hmm. is just a form of it is going to be really good for nausea for vomiting uh for stimulating appetite so Correct. any kind of situation like we said with chemo where people are really nauseated or sick and they're they have no appetite they're losing weight or with hiv can be very similar with no appetite and losing weight or kind of any circumstance there that in that case the thc would be a prime component of helping to stimulate reduce the nausea and stimulate the appetite for people and even that i've, I've seen them have to to do heavy amounts mm, mm. it's not even where oh they just do one or two hits and they're great and they're yeah. like i've actually seen them they have to do heavy amounts and i'm thinking wow i mean mm. it's it's they're that drugged mm -hmm. from the the medicine that they mm -hmm. they have to and and even then i'm watching them throw up you know and and mm -hmm. suffer and mm -hmm. so and i'm thinking okay i've even talked to them about um, the pill, you mm -hmm, know, doing mm -hmm. doing in the form of capsules, because mm -hmm. that's what's wonderful is, 
Now, instead of flour, we have in, in the medical field, at least, mm-hmm. um, which is what's frustrating that they don't, they actually, that's not true. Let me back up. Okay. In the recreational stores, mm-hmm. I really am thankful at this moment mm-hmm. that they have been implementing these capsules, okay? okay. It's okay. just, the thing is, is they don't do them in high quantities. Okay. In high quantities. Um, okay. mm-hmm. And these are, this specifically is a pure CBD capsule. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. And it's in, done in coconut oil. Okay. So it's fast absorption. Yep. Into the bloodstream. And, you know, and hey, you get your coconut oil in you at the same time, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then at the same time, I'm getting uh, that rapid uh, CBD in my bloodstream as well. Mm-hmm. So for me, what's mm-hmm. really important mm-hmm. is I'm helping when I'm having my my flare-ups and my paralysis in the morning, mm-hmm. which has been really bad, especially with in the Northwest, mm-hmm. this, this whole, you know, weather change that mm-hmm. we've been having. Yeah. It's it's been so bad because you can see my OA in my hands. It's mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. not pretty, but mm-hmm. what's nice is um, it helps with that. But at the same time, it's been helping me with um, with my epilepsy. Mm-hmm. Now, back in two thousand uh, and twelve, mm-hmm. two thousand thirteen. Mm-hmm. When I was put on a lot of very heavy psychological medication to mm-hmm. treat mm-hmm. the the epilepsy, mm-hmm. and we were trying to discover what would be appropriate. Sure, sure. Is actually um, when we discovered the CBD capsules, mm. and the CBD capsules I we discovered for my pain. It mm. wasn't for epilepsy, right? And I'll be the first to straight admit I thought that was a load of hogwash. Okay. Mm-hmm. I I knew a lot that that's what we were that that's what was being treated for kids. But the thing is, is because I never really utilized. I didn't understand because to me, epilepsy itself is in neuroscience is so hard to understand and still diagnose to this day. I right. mean, you're talking about the brain and dissecting. It's still it's still hard for them to even. They don't even know. Really, when I go in and talk, they still are so, it's so complex that they don't understand. So, right. so I was thinking, okay, we'll, yeah, we'll see about that. Mm-hmm. It was one month in of me being regular when it was just kind of having that epiphany where I realized I just stopped doing what I was doing and realized straight up I had not had one episode i hadn't had any of my panic attacks i wasn't having any anxiety in fact i wasn't even stressed i didn't take any lorazepam Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i was like holy crap like this is insane i take my normal meds you know i still take my other stuff but there's not one month that's gone by that I have not, that I've, I literally, that I've not gone without having uh, a, quite a few flare-ups. And mm-hmm. I mean quite a few, and then mine are physical, mm-hmm. and they burn, and they're mm-hmm. scary. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I had to take the lorazepam. Mm-hmm. In that one month, nothing. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I don't know, I'm going to see something. I'm going to wait. Yeah. Keep taking month two, talking to my husband, and we both. I gotta, I gotta start writing down. Yeah, yeah. And we were, we were talking, and we were just kind of jotting, you know, just, just kind of, not really diarying as much as just, just trying to, kind of document. Mm-hmm. And I realized after a couple months, it was like me becoming a believer. Mm-hmm. And I realized, if after four months, I said I need to have this really fully in my system. I, I think let me give this full four four full months. Mm-hmm. If I give it four months, then I think adequately I can actually go to my neurologist and say, um, I want to go and get lowered in my my medication. Right, right. And if she wants to know why. I'll tell her. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. And uh, sure enough, <laughs> four months go by. I had not had one episode or anything. And in fact, uh, I wasn't even stressed. And believe me, where I was living, there was a lot of stress. Uh. I'm dealing with my family member who's an addict as Mm -hmm. well Mm -hmm. and dealing Mm -hmm. with consistent and, I mean, I can't tell you the amount of stress 
that was going on in my life and that still is to this day and yet I wasn't taking my lorazepam I was still what scared me though is because they were like are you you taking you know I would still kind of get like refill, but I wouldn't do it like mm. monthly. I just mm-hmm. do it like every two months, yeah. you know. So it looked like I was at least being, right. you know, like I'm supposed to. But I didn't want it. I didn't want to take it. I didn't want to do. I did not want it here. I mm-hmm. was like, if I don't need to, I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. But I did say I want to lower down my dosage mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. and I kind of explained well. I mentioned about CBD, mm-hmm. and I did get pushed back, mm-hmm. and so it was kind of like okay, but. The thing is, is it was, I realized I, I got to be really careful. This is a delicate subject. Mm-hmm. So I just mm-hmm. said, I'm doing really good. Can we, can we please at least just lower down one? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is when my husband had lost his job mm-hmm. and then we ended up <clears throat> having a, a, unfortunately, an uh, economic hardship mm-hmm. during time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get my CDDs. I couldn't get anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guess what? The moment the stuff stopped. I had flare-ups. Mm, yep. I and that is where I started documenting. I knew for a fact that I was having. I was actually having a physical reaction, you know, or an adverse reaction to not having something that was normalizing me, sure. like actually stabilizing me. Yeah. And I, I just couldn't believe though that this was, and, and I and I admitted I was fully wrong. Like I actually straight up was like, oh, that's hogwash crap, you know? And then call me, <laughs> you know, it, it right. was just, it felt so good to be wrong though, right. Right. you know? And right. then- I was telling, and, and I was trying to tell all my friends too. I'm like, if you're stressed, even just take this for a week. If you're stressed, mm-hmm. because God, just just to not be stressed. I was I was even explaining, Lord, if mm-hmm. you're just to be normalized a little bit, to mm-hmm. to have that just to you know to be stabilized and to to not feel, I mean, um, edgy to not have the anxiety to. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the best part about it, again, it's clarity. Right. I'm not feeling zombified. I'm not high. I have my memory. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. the worst part when you're on your season medications is what does it do? Clouds you. Right. And yep. it makes you a zombie. Yep. That is the worst feeling. And I, I have lost my mind compared. I, I was always the bookie. Mm-hmm. I was all, or the book smart, you know. Yeah. I was always that nerd. And I lost so much motivation mm-hmm. and zest for life. Yeah. I, I traveled. I mean, I, I've been out of the country in my wheelchair, mind you. Mm-hmm. I, I've traveled the world. I've done so much. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, I was at home, trapped in my room. Like I literally felt like I was dying, right? And these kind of this this having just CBDs, which mm-hmm. is so funny. This this part of this plant, yeah, was kind of like this rebirth, awakening into helping me, like de-zombify, you know? Right, right. Well, I mean, to again, open your eyes, we look at it from you know benefit and side effects, right? So obviously. Uh, when they're used right, the anti-epileptics and things can help uh, prevent epilepsy, but there's the cost, right? So like you said, the common yes. side effects are uh, feeling drugged, feeling slow, uh, poor memory, poor concentration, poor focus, poor energy, um, mm-hmm. just sort of sitting, staring at the wall, kind of zoned out, especially as the doses climb higher. And we're saying, look, instead of that, and then you mentioned lorazepam, so the benzodiazepines, to me are the other side of the opiates as well. So these are the common anti-anxiety medications and they are also um, addictive and they also yeah, they affect the brainstem, that area that controls heartbeat and breathing and it's possible to overdose. Um, and these are being used for anxiety and still somewhat for sleep as well. And again, every medicine has a time and a place, but instead we're saying, look, um, you know, especially what Nicole here found was that CBD, which doesn't have any of those zombifying effects, which doesn't affect her mental state. So she gets to stay clear and focused um, and active. And yet it controls her epilepsy. I mean, my God, why would you not at least try it? I mean, so worst case scenario, it doesn't work for you and you have to use or go back to those other meds. Okay. But, uh, you know, other than prejudice here, 
um, and economics, of course, we have to acknowledge that. So some of the other meds uh, for people who can are going to be covered by insurance. And right now, CBD is not going to be covered. So these are you're having like your experience, like you were saying with economic hardship, you're having to pay for it out of pocket. Um, and so obviously that can be a big deal. But certainly if you have the capacity to have these things, why in the world I'm, would you not try it? Well, and yeah. that and that's the thing. Yeah. I, <clears throat> the person now who makes them that I go through, mm-hmm. Diane, um, mm-hmm. with her business, mm-hmm. she, the, she makes purely for her love. I mean, mm-hmm. her knowledge, mm-hmm. and the time she's researched through the last five, six, God, more than that years. Mm-hmm. But her love and her passion is purely for patients. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with at all profits yeah yeah she gives me i mean that's the other thing too all your patients it has nothing to do with if i can't afford Mm -hmm. and and she knows i mean she's seen me kind of actually have an episode Mm -hmm. while i was at the market trying to get and Mm -hmm. she immediately gave me for some um a a cbd candy that she had made Mm -hmm. and put it in i mean broke it put in my mouth it Mm -hmm. was like i didn't even know what was going on sure and like treating me like she was (laughs) It was the funniest thing, but, and, and was there and had me sit down and I realized, wow, you know, and then at the same time, I'll text her too. And I, and I'll say, Hey, you know, I can afford this. Can I get, I mean, they're, mm-hmm. they're not much. They can go from a dollar pill to $2 a pill or mm-hmm. two fifty the most. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. If you have insurance and your insurance covers 100%, you're in luck. If you have a deductible 20, you know, $20, right. that's where it, it, it kind of, sucks in the sense that you know economically this costs more because my seizure medication i can get three months for twenty dollars mm-hmm. with my um oxycarbazine or whatever that's the generic right. for yep uh what is it uh see that's the sad part i can't even think of what it's the yeah i don't think which... I, I know oxcarbazepine but i don't know the actual um what it's uh, uh, so, name is, but yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, trileptal. Yeah. I wanted to say Lamictal because that was the horrible stuff that I was on that I was allergic to that right, I'm right. so absolutely against. Right. Um, but uh, the thing is, is, you know, 20 bucks, 30 bucks here uh, for, you know, um, again, if it's two bucks a, a, a pop, right. you know, I'm only getting 10, 10 pills or I'm going to get, you know, right. another 15 pills. Right you know, total for $30, it kind of ends up, I'll take one a day. Now, if you are, say, for example, a more, uh, um, it it doesn't matter, like, body size. That that Mm. actually doesn't matter. But Mm. if you are a more severe case, Mm -hmm. you're going to end up needing to have, like, one or two a day. Mm -hmm. If I have a severe flare-up, I mean, that's so bad, I'll take two. Okay. But okay. I don't need to take, sometimes I don't need to take for three days because oh. I'm, I'm feeling so amazing. Great. Sometimes it's two for two, three days straight and mm-hmm. then I'm, gosh, good for a week. But mm-hmm. but that's mm-hmm. how it is. I don't yeah. care because I can justify that. I can absolutely justify that money. Right. Because my health is absolutely worth it. Well, um, and quality of life. I mean, listen, I don't want to put down, I, I truly understand some people are in tough economic conditions. Oh, God, and, yeah. And this, this, sucks it just straight up sucks it does having said that for people who aren't quite in that situation it's not just just the cost of the medication it's quality of life so if it's 20 bucks for three months of medication but then you're stuck in your room because your mental function is so low on some of these meds right we have to say Mm -hmm. well what's that worth to be almost a non-functional human being so certainly um you know we have to factor in some of what what are called externalities, but other other costs and other things that are involved in some of this as well, right? Correct. So. But that's why they make we have so many different varieties. Right. It's not just capsules. Right. We make CBD edibles or um or candy things that actually for ten dollars can mm-hmm. stretch you for an entire month. I mm-hmm. mean, it is phenomenal, people. If it's not recreational, where it's for profit, again, it's not being taxed. It's not for profit. Medical specifically does care just for that. And that's where you can get, you know, you can get more bang for your buck and you can get it to stretch. So that's why, I mean, a lot of people, when we, we talk about in the medical Everyone cares and they know. So you spend 20 or $40 for that whole entire month. 
you, you kind of, I mean, I've been able to stretch, believe me, I've, I've learned to stretch my money even into two, three months that I've had to, especially, like I said, when my husband lost his job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because when I had those seizures again, we realized, you know what, it's not worth. Yeah. It's not worth, you yeah. know, having that. Yeah. And I, I wanted to, to choose my priorities. And right. so, um, because if I'm sick and, you know, I can't take them to work or something, we're in, we're in, we're in trouble here. Right. All right, folks, we'll stop here and finish part one. Check back soon for part two. All right, folks, that wraps up another episode of the Aspire Natural Health podcast. If you enjoyed it, we hope you've subscribed to us over at iTunes. You can also check us out at our website, www.aspirenaturalhealth.com. That's Aspire as in A-S-P-I-R-E, naturalhealth.com. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash aspirenaturalhealth or check out our library of videos over at YouTube. Just go over to YouTube and punch in Aspire Natural Health. You'll find us there. So a couple great more ways you can check out our free educational materials. At Aspire Natural Health, we are experts at treating gut dysfunctions, autoimmune diseases, and other hard-to-treat cases. If you that's you or someone you know, you can always contact us and schedule a free 15-minute consult with myself and find out if we are the right fit and we can help you out with your issues. So simply check us out, check out our website. Again, that's www.aspirenaturalhealth.com or give us a call at 425-202. 7849. You can set up that free 15 minute consult. All right, folks, until we meet again, take care.